to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 217, Warriors of the Deep. My name is John, and joining me every time we walk down a hallway like we just don't have a care in the world is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hey, hi there. Goodness, Warriors of the Deep, huh? Oh, boy. I picked it. You did. This is my fault. (laughs) You know what? This um, this is going to be an interesting discussion, to say the least. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm interested to hear uh, our joint thoughts on whatever the heck this was. Yeah, um, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, sir? Um, I am doing fair. Um, I will make no bones about it because I have shared it online. My dad passed from cancer uh, last weekend. Um, and so it's, it's been emotional to say the least. Um, but it was, you know, a quiet, peaceful passing. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, we, we, we move on. Not that I'm like over it by any means, not that kind of moving on, but, but we have to keep moving forward and everything. So, uh, yeah, luckily, uh, my brother was able to take this entire week off and stay with my mom and help out with things. And if I'm needed, I've told him, you know, give me a call. I'll come down and help out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. A, um, rough, rough weekend. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't know what to say. I love you, man. I know this is this is just uh, I I cannot I have not experienced this kind of loss, so I I can't imagine what you're going through right now. But um, we are here for you, so please please know that. And it is always always greatly appreciated. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you are my best friend, man. So, and, you, thank and you. you mine, sir. Indeed, indeed. Now, John, how have you been doing outside um, of me sharing this horrible news with you? Well, I mean, I, you know, that was, I, I think I woke up to that and I was just like, ah, oh, expletive. Yeah. <laughs> that was about my reaction to it. I'm sure it was. Um, and then I just, you know, I think, um, I, you know, I was thinking about that for most of the weekend. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's rough, Uh, but, um, I, I, besides, you know, me, you know, just thinking about, about that, um, I've been good. I can't, you know, it's, it rained down here, which was nice. Rain Um, is always nice. Oh, yes. It's, it's always great. I actually on, on Friday I made, um, oh my goodness. I made, I made fried rice, but I couldn't remember what fried rice was called there for a second. Yum! Uh, I made fried rice for the first time, and I made a um. Oh, and I deep, dude, I deep fried um, chicken wings, homemade. Ooh. Yeah. Wow! Look at you. I know. I, I was pretty. I was pretty pleased with that. And um, I think yeah. You know what? It's I've been good. I can't. There's nothing I can really uh, I can really think of that has been exponentially great. But I mean, I've been good. <laughs> 
sometimes that that's all you need. That that is sometimes all you need. Um, <laughs> and I guess with that, let's move on to uh, what's making us happy this fortnight. Um, Taylor, I will let you go first. Okay. Well, I I feel like people are probably not expecting me to have anything that's making me happy, but honestly, there is something, and it is a. Um, it's a BBC America show that I have um, started watching right from the beginning because I saw the ads during Revolution of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. And I went, huh, this looks like this could be good. I'm going to program it on the DVR. Let's give it a try. Um, and I am here to say that the watch is amazing. It's so much fun. Um, it's an absolute blast of color and punk aesthetic and fantasy uh that the world kind of needs right now um and it's based off um some of the Discworld novels of terry pratchett's crafting yeah i'm looking at familiar with those yeah um i i only knew the Discworld stuff by name i never got into the books there were just so many i was like oh my god i'm gonna bury myself in all this lore uh, if I try to jump into it. Um, but I saw this show and I was like, I'm going to give this show a try. And I freaking love it. Um, love it so much that I actually bought the first book kind of in the, uh, you know, the watch saga oh. in terms of Discworld books. Um, and while it's technically kind of set in a different time period, so to speak, from the TV show, um, I, I'm able to pick up on the characters and get a feel for what's going on. I'm like, oh, that's where they, I could see where they pulled this and, you know, pulled different elements into the show. Um, and I'm really enjoying the book. Like I'm, I'm going to keep right. going with the series. Um, so yeah, this is, this is me, you know, in a year where it's going to be a while before we've got some more Doctor Who. Yes. Um, I am going to encourage everyone to go and check out the watch because it is just a ton of fun from start to finish. And yeah, uh, I will also say, I just looked up the cast and I saw that Matt Barry does the voice of, Oh my God, of someone in, I will not spoil it for anyone. Uh, and I, that's, that sells me anything Matt Barry's in is an automatic watch for me. It is. And his, um, his role let me, let me just phrase it that way. His yes. role is really, really good. Great. It's very entertaining. Um, yeah, man. It's just, yeah. Good. That's It's uh, a lot of fun. That's all I needed to know. So uh, Grab it, get it, go find it on demand, um, start watching it. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked. I, I've yet to find anybody doing a podcast about it yet. Well, let's not. I mean, we, we've got some... Uh, we're already spread too thin. We're already spread Trust too thin. Trust me, friend of the show, Terry. She uh, she was like, dude, we should do it. I'm like, I, if I had the time, I would, but I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's um, where where is the time? It's it's not here. I, no, it is not. No, it is not. But it is also worth noting for those of you who may be listening to this, going, hey, wait a second, wasn't your new show supposed to be out by now? Yes. Well, obviously, we well. had to push back. <laughs> We've had to push back recording yes. uh, till this coming Saturday, February 6th. So we will be out a week from right now. Don't worry, folks. Don't worry. We will. We'll be doing it. Well, it'll it's going to happen. <laughs> Slight family emergency. 
This isn't um, that one album. Do you remember right. that, Taylor? Do you remember that? Um, I'm I'm off the top of my head because I'm tired right now. No. Okay, but. so for those not in the know, uh, <laughs> Ernesto and I were going to start a music podcast where we were going to have um, our friends yes. on to talk about. Because album. I was going to come on and talk about an album too. Yes, you were going to yes. be the first guest, and That's that right. album was Oingo Boingo. Well, I believe they were just called Oingo at this point. They were just, actually, they were just called Boingo. Boingo. And the, the album before, was... Yeah, 94. Yes, it was their last album. Uh, I listened yep. to it in preparation. I think I listened to it like 10 times. It's a great uh, album. It's a fantastic album. It's very, very good, and it's very... Uh, it has it. It almost feels like Tool before Tool. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, if you listen to it a little bit, there's some. It sounded, you know, you could tell a yeah. lot of bands were influenced by that. And yeah, we never did that show, but uh, I mean, I found a new album that I like. So excellent. I guess that's good enough. But no, that <laughs> this this show will be coming out, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be bonkers. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Oh, what what's making me happy this week? Um, yeah, what's making you happy? Uh, oh, geez. What what what's making me happy this week? We had the Royal Rumble last night. That was pretty fun. Um, what else? Is, what's making me happy this week? Man, I I don't I don't know. That's that's an actual. Uh, that's a that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. You know what? I'll tell you what's making me happy this week. Um, for my job, I can't. I you know because I signed an NDA, I can't. I can't tell people uh, the show that I am currently watching, but I will say there, you know, there's a lot of, I, I watch a lot of reality based television shows and sometimes they're, they're a bit of a downer um, mm-hmm. and they're just a lot. But the show that I started watching today that is going to be coming out at some point, but I can't tell you what it is, uh, <laughs> was a lot of fun. And I like, I will, pitch this show to the moon because it's it's just very very fun very informative uh and just i don't i don't know if i'd say it was lighthearted, but um yeah it is a little lighthearted. it's fun it's just a fun okay. show it's very well done taylor i'll tell you off air what the show is <laughs> but, but me getting to watch that show today i was like hey this is this is a lot of fun so that was making me happy this week so far and i hope i get to watch well i will but i hope i like i want to watch more now well, I tell you what, make a note to yourself, and when it actually does drop uh, to the masses. Oh, then I'll be like, this is the show I was talking about in 217. Yep. <laughs> yes. There you go. There we go. Sounds good. All right, let's uh, get into Who News. Yeah, not much uh, this time around, which is okay, because we've got quite a few story notes. But I am over the moon excited <laughs> Because um, the next season of Classic Who to get the Blu-ray treatment is going to be Sylvester McCoy's first season. That is season 24. Yes. Um, So that is mostly Mel Uh as the companion. So this Time in the Ronnie, Paradise Towers, Delta and the Bannermen, Dragonfire. They actually did a little trailer for it um, with Bonnie Langford, um, basically doing kind of a like a I guess it's like a Shark Tank oh, okay. kind of thing. Okay. You know, people come in and like you know pitch this business idea to her, and um, it's really funny because they actually get um, the guy who played Kane in Dragonfire, like the big bad guy. Oh, that's funny. 
he he comes in and I, I, I I'm trying to remember because I watched this like right when it first came out and then obviously have had so many other things kind of take my focus. Um, but he's pitching like a skin cream. Remember, remember how he like melts like a candle in the episode? Yes. So he's pitching like this skin cream. It's like, oh my God. It's, it's hilarious. Very um, funny. Yeah. And then, and then, and then of course Sylvester shows up as the doctor and it's, it's just awesome. Um, but there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, I'm, I'm kind of watching it as you're talking. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, playing the so there's, Yes. <laughs> there's bit. brand new documentaries, including a feature length overview of season 24, uh, the making of Delta and the Bannerman, which will make uh, a friend of the show, Mike Solko's heart just sing. Yes. Um, rare studio and location footage over 25 hours of raw material. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, more of their behind the sofa series. Um, and so they've got, uh, McCoy, they've got Bonnie Langford, they got Sophie Alger, they got Peter Davison, Janet Fielding, Sarah Sutton, Colin Baker, and the Valyard himself, Michael Jason. Wow. Uh, all participating, uh, in that to, to say, so many other things. I mean, there's there's even convention footage. It, words I can't get out of my mouth. Even. <laughs> um, so, yeah, between, let's see, they've, they've done season 26. So they've done Sylvester's last season. Now they've done his first season. Um, add on top of that season eight, you know, which includes the episode we just did about um, Terror of the Autons. Yep. And all of that. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Well, I've got a whole new list of Dr. Who DVDs that I'm just like, I have to own these. Yeah. And I mean, even on top of that, we have, um, don't we have, we have some animated stuff too. Yes. That's, that should be coming out. Boy, yeah. Boy. And Eccleson. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> next month, next month, mm-hmm. his first volume of Big Finish drops, which I need to double check and make sure that I've got that pre ordered because. Same. We we are definitely going to be reviewing that. I would say probably pretty close to after when it drops. I I think that's a safe bet now. I think that's a safe bet for everyone. <laughs> I think everyone can bet on that. All right. Oh, Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor. How you drain my wallet? Yes. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that there's one thing that is that is good about no. No Gallifrey this year is I don't have to walk through that dealer's room. Well, yeah. Instead, we're going online to buy all the things we just talked about, which, yes, yeah. I, gotta, I, I guess I have to admit, I'm not paying for a plane ticket, pl- paying for a room, paying for going through the dealer room. Yeah. I guess I've got some spending cash that I can spend on other stuff while I'm stuck at home. There you go. There you yep. go. All there right. Oh, boy, Warriors of the Deep is what we watched this week. Uh, starring Peter Davidson as the Doctor, Janet Fielding as Tegan, Michael Strickson as Turlow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Norman Comer as Iktar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by Johnny Byrne and directed by Pennett Roberts. It first aired January 5th. And, and did they do these two and two? Yeah. Interesting. First aired uh, January 5th and 13th, 1984, and is the first story of season 21. And this is my first scroll. Holy moly. Story notes abound from the fine (laughs) folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Taylor, take it away. 
I'm just going to preface this by saying when I started putting the show notes together and I started pulling these, I went, my God, what sort of story have we gotten ourselves into? Um, yes, yes, there, there were woofs galore. Um, and yeah, so during the production of this story, Janet Fielding and Peter Davison both announced their decision to leave later that year. Can't imagine why. <laughs> no, it well, was, it, this wasn't that bad. It was, it let's, was, let's, let's not forget. This is season 21. This is, this is by the end of the season, by the last episode of the season, we have Colin Baker. Yeah. Yeah. We have the twin dilemma, which we're not going to get into right now. Um, writer Johnny Byrne has stated that several elements of this story were not in his original script, including the deaths of Iktar and Vorschach at the story's end. The uh, drop-kicking German female scientist and nowhere did he describe the Merca as a four-legged beast on loan from Panto Horses are Us. Woof. Johnny Byrne, not a fan. No. No, in fact, and I reorganized notes because these are kind of like subnotes of what I just said. The Merca was operated by William Perry and John Asquith, who were uncredited on, both on screen and in the Radio Times. The pair were perhaps better known for playing, get ready for it, folks, Dobbin, the pantomime horse, in the children's sitcom Rent-A-Ghost. Wow. So not only is the Merca basically a pantomime horse, it's played by people who have played a pantomime horse. <laughs> My goodness. That's it for this week's folks. Catch us next week. Oh. Yes. <laughs> the Merca costume was completed only half an hour before filming and the paint and glue on it weren't dry. It visibly smears on the sets as it staggers around the actors <laughs> inside the costume being lightheaded from the fumes. <laughs> no. oh, that's great. Yep. And dangerous. Yep. Yep. That also might be the biggest laugh we've gotten out of John so far on Podcastica. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Get ready. It gets better. Ingrid Pitt came up with the infamous scene where Solo attacks the Merca. She wanted it to be a whole battle, but Pennant Roberts was having dreadful problems with the Merca, and there was only time for one feeble kick. She also claims it looked ludicrous. Well, she's not wrong because it was shot at the wrong angle. Oh, man. Eric Sayward felt the scene marred everything and wondered why John Nathan Turner, who saw it happen, didn't (laughs) ask for its removal. And if you want to see uh, that scene in gift form, go to – did we read – uh, I mean, it's on my Twitter. I don't know if we retweeted it from. I am, I'm pretty sure I retweeted it from the Podcastica account. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're it's, we'll get to it. We will. We will. Um, <laughs> because with with two kids in karate, I can definitely compare some of the moves just a little bit. Oh, man. And trust me, it's not at their current belt level. Um, Johnny <laughs> Byrne has also stated that the base looked nothing like he envisioned it. Personally, I didn't think it looked that bad. No. But he says, he says, I was very specific in my description of the base. Rusting, leaking, virtually forgotten by all except those on board. The atmosphere and look was something like alien, with the Merca essentially a lurking, deadly presence waiting to reveal itself. All right. Now... As a sub-bullet to that, it was decided that the sets should be brightly lit. This had the effect of downplaying the elements of intrigue, horror, and suspense in the story. 
Yeah, it was brightly lit now that I think about it. It was very brightly lit. These They, they were running a, a well-oiled machine down there is what it felt like. If by well-oiled machine you mean an engine with no oil in it whatsoever going full bore? Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> well, because the mouths on the Silurian head props were static, there was no way to tell which Silurian was speaking during scenes where there's more than, you know, one Silurian. <laughs> Thus, the Silurian's third eye went from being a psychokinetic outlet used in Doctor Who and the Silurians, both as a tool and as a weapon, to a mirror light that flashed during speech identically to the Daleks. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but Peter Davison contracted hypothermia from the stunt that required him to fall off a high bridge into a pool of water. He did that? He did that. Dude. And, of course, due to budget, they didn't heat the water, and it was ice cold. <laughs> well, I mean, th- oh, man, I can't believe that was him. Yeah. Because they cut it to make it look like it wasn't. Right. And he, I mean, he falls, he falls completely. He does a backflip. Mm-hmm. That is a mi- good. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Byrne intentionally avoided using any recognizable names for the two power blocks involved in this adventure. Uh, to this end, he implied that his supporting characters emanated from a variety of nationalities. It's not just a, you know, U.S. Soviet thing. It's uh, you right. know, it's in the future. So it's right. Who knows what it is? Absolutely. Um, Plus, he also saw the story as an allegory for the Cold War, not surprising. Due to the political climate, this was toned down in the rewrites. Byrne was so disappointed by the outcome that he vowed never to work on the show again. Did he? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, and he was back next season. (laughs) And they paid him all of the monies. No. And and frankly, uh, you know, I don't blame him one bit. No, I don't either. And the unmade, oh no, okay, so Keeper of the Tracken, Ark of Infinity, Warriors of the Deep, and my favorite thing, the unmade, Guardians of the Prophecy. Oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh, they made it into a big finish. There you go. Oh, nice. Nice, nice tribute. Anyway, all right, Taylor, before we, we uh, wrap up here in seven minutes, you have a world-famous <laughs> synopsis for us, so... Take it away. All right. Well, in the future, Earth is in the grips of a new Cold War, the likes of which they haven't seen since, well, the 80s. But the Silurians and I guess their cousins, the Sea Devils, have a plan to finally take back control of Earth from those primitive ape types. The Doctor, Tegan, and Turlo, of course, land on an underwater sea base just in time to get mixed up with all these shenanigans. There's karate, lots of 80 vibes, and a panto sea monster but can the doctor find a way to stave off mutually assured destruction? Well, close your eyes and make a wish. Oh boy. I, I wish this was better. <laughs> did it work? Oh no, it didn't. Uh, I don't know. Did you have your eyes closed? Oh, I did it. Oh no. Oh, see, you're ruined it, man. All right, Taylor, what do we got overall feeling wise here? I mean, for me, this besides the laugh out loud moments uh, that were not meant to be funny, um, I thought it was just okay. There was a lot of like production stuff that, and granted, yes, again, we are well aware this is classic Doctor Who, and the BBC <laughs> gave them no budget. Um, but I've seen better stuff from this era, 
and surrounding this era. So I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that by the time we got around to season 21, um, it was, things were starting to wear a little thin, you know, budgets were getting cut more and more. Um, you know, we're, we're starting, I think here to see a lot of the, um, the things that we feel were like detracting from the show during the Colin Baker years. Right. You know? Um, and so, yeah, unfortunately it really just doesn't serve this story very well. I, I think, I think if, I think if what Johnny Byrne had envisioned had actually been made, mm-hmm. it could have been really impressive. Oh yeah. I think we would have had something a lot similar to like a classic who version of, um, um, what's it called before the flood. Uh huh. Yeah. I can see right. That. Underwater base under siege kind of trope. Um, but you know, kind of dark and scary. And this was, this was brightly lit with big hair, lots of eyeshadow and like, floppy monsters and i don't just mean the murka like i kept i kept getting drawn to it was like one or two different sea devils whose helmets and therefore their heads weren't staying upright they were leaning over yeah man um and they all walked so slow i'm like are you guys just a bunch of zombies (laughs) man yeah uh i mean i i echo those those sentiments for sure um, I mean, let's just talk. Let's talk about these these costumes. I mean, we're here. We might as well talk about it. So, I mean, the third eye thing is it's already just such an eye rolly thing. We've already done this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, make them sound or I don't know. Like, couldn't you if you're going to have a lead monster, but all the other monsters look similar, couldn't you? with your lead guy, make his voice sound a little different or give him like, I mean, paint his face a little different. It doesn't have to be like, give him a badge, give him a badge. Yes. Give him a badge, an armband. Yeah. Literally anything different colored eyes. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not that difficult to, to, to change because you're gonna, if you think this is going to be a long-standing character, they're going to need a leader if they're all going to look the same. Yeah, like even the Daleks I mean, look different. Well, come on, Cyber Controller. Yes, you know. And I mean, even the oh, and the Sea Devils. I mean, when I picked this, I went, and they showed up again. I went, oh, this is why I should have avoided this story like the plague. <laughs> Because I forgot the sea devils talk in whispers yes. and gurgles, which is yes. the most infuriating thing when you have anyone talking for any amount of time. Yeah. Uh, like you said, they walk like I walk to the kitchen to get coffee in the morning. <laughs> and that that is their only speed. Um they they basically I will say I kind of dug the sh- super shredder look. Their helmets looked like they were yes. they were all shredder. Yes. But besides that, I mean, huge dud. And they all have these these um it looks like they tried to open 
like a sliding door and ripped the handle off and said, well, this is our weapon. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of like spe- the special effects stuff. Yeah, there were some explosions, but like we're getting sound effects for guns and people are just standing there. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> these like these quote unquote battle sequences where they're literally just standing there facing each other like it's, you know, 17th century warfare. Oh, it's, it's uh, insane. And we're not we're not getting, you know, I, and I get it. Special effects, budgets, I get it. Okay, fine. But we're not, we're not getting like lasers drawn across the screen. We are literally getting, okay, here's a flash of light. Okay, here's a flash of light. Oh, this, here's a flash of light and this person falls. Yeah. And it's just, oh my God. It's very, it's very bad. It's, it's very, very, very bad. Um, it, it really is. And, and we've got the Silurians and the Sea Devils and the Silurians um, sound kind of like nasally nerdy kids who are pushing their glasses up. Yes. And you're right. The sea devils with their, you know, almost ice warrior esque kind of hissy whispery. I get stuck saying the letter S. Yes. I will. <sighs> I will. I will also say, I mean, for the sea devils costume, I, I liked that the eyes opened and closed. I thought mm-hmm. that was in, that was interesting. But it's like we have two villains whose mouths do not move. Right. And it's like, give me something. Yeah. And and I don't remember it ever being implied, and maybe I've just missed it, that the Silurians and Sea Devils are related somehow. Yeah. I, I mean, I know TARDIS Wikia goes into it, um, and I believe, I think they say they, they, are, cous- they are cousins. Um, and oh, okay. The sea devils used to be referred to as what were they referred to as? Let me find it here. Well, of course, I cannot find it off the top. I think they they weren't called I th- sea Silurians. That's what they were called. That's what they were that, originally called. I'm glad that they went with sea devils because sea Silurians. Yeah, does not roll off the tongue well. No, it does not. Not one bit. Uh, Malcolm Hulk. Uh, gave them the name Sea Silurians. It does not. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it does, okay. does not roll off the tongue very nicely. No. Hey, Joe, what do you see? I see Silurians. No, those are sea devils. Oh no. Your your third doctor is better than mine. No, those are sea devils. <laughs> I told you so. I told you so. Uh, I will also say that they they really they really uh got. All they could out of that unmanned drone footage, couldn't they? Yeah, fire off actually, a damn I... drone, fire it off again. <laughs> yes, but I thought that. Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool looking. I liked, yeah the um, the Silurian ship when we see it. Yes, episode one. I I mean, I don't even mobs, know how to describe it. I I don't either. Really, it's it's actually for the budget they had, it's actually really kind of sleek looking. It's very unique. Yeah. And neat. Uh, it's, it's like an ergonomic mouse almost. Uh, yes. There you go. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Wow. But actually, I, I actually really kind of liked a lot of the models that they had built for this story. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I know that like, um, I mean, that ship looked pretty cool. Um, I feel like we had when the TARDIS comes into the, the stratosphere, I, mm-hmm. I feel like we have. Um, oh no! What is that? What is that Sentinel ship called? Six. Yes, that ship looked pretty cool too. Yeah, that was neat. 
So they they did have some good models here, and I know uh, they weren't happy with with how the set looked, mainly because it was you know uh, if if the, if I could compare this to anything, so John was it John Byrne who said he uh, this is nothing what I wanted it to look like, right? He wanted it to look like a hot topic when hot topic first opened. But they made it look like a hot topic, like a hot topic looks now. And that's really the only way I can describe his anger. Wow. When he said that, he's like, I want it to look scary. And I I, I was just like, and I wanted to have like incense 24-7 and playing cattle mutilation. And I want kids to be scared and not come in here. And everything's black. And now it's like, hey, Panic at the discos playing, and you can see all of our products. <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I love it, um, but I mean, it still looked cool. I also thought our our um, the people on the ship they they had cool costumes. I thought they looked pretty cool. Yes, and I wasn't really sure whether I should compare them to like eighties era snowsuits. I mean, or just what, but yes, they're kind of different, stripy, slightly puffy. There's that one lady who kind of had the colors of a tricolor ravioli. Yes. That's all I could compare to. Every time I saw her, I'm just like, no, that's perfect. I've, I've had ravioli that looks like your, your jumpsuit. Yeah. I mean, and there's one guy who kind of looks like he's got a little Michael Jackson going on. Yep. Um, I mean, these are done great. And also, hey, color. We could tell who was who. Granted, these people, you know, could could let us know who was in charge. Yes. And they also looked different between their faces and their heads and their hair. Yeah. But, I mean, I thought that that looked cool. I like the look of their costume. I like the look of the base in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I still can't believe uh, Davison did that stunt. That's blown my mind. That's blown my mind. That is crazy. But I think something that happened in that scene, um, we need to we need to address uh, we need to address Turlo and um, he sucks, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm one hundred percent certain he is just he could be one of the worst companions, uh, and this is not this is not me saying this actor is terrible. That's not what I'm no. saying. No, he I'm was say- lovely at Gallifrey one. I'm saying the character that he plays sucks, and the decisions he makes aren't great. The doctor, On the whole, yes, yes, the doctor falls. He is pushed um, backwards into the ocean, and two seconds later, after Tegan goes, "Let's let's get him," he says, "What? I have the line somewhere. Where?" is it because it is the most ridiculous face it he's drowned it's been literal yeah. seconds yes what is happening yes and he just goes face it, he's drowned let's go and leaves um and i feel like he does another thing later that i'm like man you were just the dirt worst yeah turlo oh turlo he he murders a solarian at the end mm-hmm. straight up yeah just close range, close possible. range, yeah. exploding chest. Mm-hmm. Holy moly! Now, now, granted, that Solarian was trying to shoot 
the dude who is helping the doctor kind of like sync his mind with a weapons computer, which frankly, I'm just going to say on the whole, that's a really bad design for a weapons computer. Yes. What are we doing? And we're like, it's only, we picked this, we picked the sweatiest guy to do it. He's he's our guy. Yeah. Poor Maddox. And then also when you think about it, they made him murder his friend. Oh yeah, no. I mean, like he was oh. literally MK Ultra throughout this whole. Yes. Thing. Oh my goodness. And um, I mean, Turlo, awful, awful. I will say Turlo did make. Oh yeah, he says like I, I we shouldn't try to save anyone. Yeah, <laughs> we, I wouldn't have even checked. Like it's let's get out of here. He's just like let's leave. I don't care about any of these people. Yeah, honestly, I I just again I feel I feel like we are entering this era of Doctor Who where, like, honestly, once Nissa leaves, there's like nobody who's not like either snarky or combative or um, pouty or yeah. or just just trouble in some sense. You know, uh, uh, Tegan's clearly not happy. You know, there's some sass there. Turlo is just Turlo. <laughs> he's just—I don't even know what he's what his end game is. <laughs> oh, I have couldn't possibly tell you. <laughs> couldn't possibly tell you. Yeah, it's 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 like you know what? Let's let's just get to Planet of Fire when he leaves and Perry comes in and call it a day. Um, and then and then obviously you know Perry and Six—they are so they're like the bickering married couple. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's not until we get all the way out to the seventh doctor and Mel where it's kinda like, Oh, this is kind of more how a companion and a doctor should behave. Yeah, absolutely. Wolf. Um yeah, I will say Turlo does make a pretty good point. Uh and I I know this whole thing is just like I mean, we get we get a man we get we get a, a sea man saying the final solution, which is just like, holy crap. Um that's that's a lot right now. Um, yep. And Turlo goes, hey, doctor, yeah, I'm sure the sea devils and the Solarians are like, they're super knowledgeable and they have a lot of technology, but they're literally trying to blow up the entire planet and kill everyone. So mm-hmm. we should probably stop them uh, the best way we can stop them. Um, but oh my goodness, this ending! I I, we can't, I don't think we can talk about the ending yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, not <clears throat> yet. Because we have to talk about quite possibly my favorite scene. Okay. Ever. Let's do it in Doctor Who, in the history of this show, all eight hundred plus episodes or however many there are. <laughs> uh, so we have um, Ingrid Pitt, who I, I believe her name is uh, Solo. Mm-hmm. S-O-L-O-W. Yes. And uh, her and the, she is the ship doctor. And remind me of the name of the other, uh, the other bad guys at Nilsson. Yes. I think it's Nilsson. And these two yes. are basically, they're committing espionage. They're, uh, they're trying to, well, I mean, the Silurians and the Sea Devils are kind of just like the th- they're almost like the third party to the real thing that's tr- happening. Well, kind of. I mean, in terms of the story, I feel like the Silurians and the Sea Devils are kind of the a plot, and then there's this whole like power blocks, you know, the the Cold War, you know, going on, and so this whole like espionage sabotage thing is is like a 
like a B plot on the C plot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah, that's more accurate. But I mean, they um they take over Maddox's brain and reprogram <laughs> him to I assume they're just trying to recalibrate the missiles so they can just start a war basically. Yeah, or if they do launch that they don't hit enemy targets. I'm it was never really clear. Yeah, it was kind of like because I mean, you have them trying to do that and then you have uh, the Sea Devils and the Salurians, and they're like, no, we're going to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, well, wait, shouldn't this be a team-up? I'm confused. I, I don't know what's happening. But um, so in in the third episode, um, we are our, our espionages. I believe they split up. One of them goes to the escape pod, and that's Solo. Mm-hmm. And she takes this disc that repro like even that is just like a crazy model now that I think about it. It's like let's use discs to reprogram people. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's all derived from the three three and a half inch floppy. Yeah, can we talk about the thing that holds the three and a, the the little discs? Mm-hmm. Because I took a screenshot of it and I put a note under it that says Please tell me they used this more than once, and uh, they didn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just in this one scene, and it looks like it took somebody a good amount of time to make. It's yeah. a cool little prop, and they only use it once. Like it, it rises from out from a desk, and you got to use like your hand, you know, your uh, your hand to to open it and put in a coat. There's a lot of stuff going on here, and they only used it once. It is. It's a neat looking prop. I really like it. But um, so just so they don't get caught, uh, Nilsson gives Solo this disc and she's trying to get away. But meanwhile, <laughs> the Merca. we have the, the Merca, which, uh, oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk about the Merca because I get what they were going for. But this thing looked like and this is probably second Second story in a row of an HR puff and stuff reference, but <laughs> holy moly, dude. No, you're not wrong. This thing looked atrocious. I went, oh my god, it's like a mega sea devil. It's a dinosaur meets a, a pantomime horse, and it's like, nope, it's just the Merca. Yeah, I don't even know like how to describe oh, we also got Merca Vision. Yes. Which is fun. Yes, I, I love Disney Plus. Oh wait, no, that's a different show. <laughs> yes, I, I do love the uh, the trope of now we're seeing what the thing is seeing mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because Doctor Who seems to do that more than yeah, more than I think most shows do. But this Merca is uh, you go well. What's okay? It's a big thing. They can't shoot it. It just seems to be bolt, you know, bullets can't hurt it, but something else might be able to. And oh, also, if you touch it, it electrocutes you. So it's like an electric eel. Yes. Or also, if it doesn't touch you and you're down the corridor out of sight from it, it can still electrocute you. Right. Yeah. These four people and they're like badly acted slow mo deaths. Oh, dude. Oh. It's just all, a quartet of bad slow mo deaths. It it honestly feels like 
Pennant Roberts showed up to set, and they were just like, <sighs> action. Like that's just what it felt like. There's no no one is motivated to make pew pew thing motions with their guns. Yeah, everyone's just slow motion falling over. Uh, Slurians are just um, walking like they could use some powder. Um, you know, down there, they're just chafing. <laughs> They're just yeah, chafe walking. That, that's painful. You know, I get it. I can sympathize with no, that. No, I, I get, get it. it too. I understand, but I mean that clearly they it something needs to happen for them. Like we said with the sea devils, they need some coffee or I don't know, something. Yeah. A lot of like low energy <laughs> going yes. on with yeah, with nope. a lot of people. But that that's very accurate. I mean that that unfortunately you know conveys a lot of the vibe that you get off this story it, it it is kind of low energy yeah like it's not not everyone is just completely selling it at this point i mean barely anybody is um yeah so solo watches these two um these two guys with guns run past her and she's like aha i'm free and she Turns the corner and <laughs> and sees the burka, and I I don't even know how to describe what happened, but I will say this scene is an all timer. It should go in the history of one of the greatest scenes ever in television history. Uh, she tries to karate fight the murka, and I don't know what the first two moves were. Right. It almost looked like, I don't know if you've ever seen, and I will, if I can find this GIF, I will post it as well. There is a GIF of Andrew WK dancing with Conan O'Brien. Okay. And I'll see if I can find it. And it, this woman has, she looks like she's doing Conan O'Brien dance moves for the first two. Like she's like trying to like block. She's just all elbows. Yes. And then with a mighty kick. She tries. She tries to kick the Merka and is electrocuted and killed immediately. Yep. Yep. And I and, watched yeah. that scene fifteen <laughs> times because it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. You're not wrong. Um, and and I, I I agree. Yeah. Those 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 hand movements. What? Um, trying to block. I, I think so. That's that's the only thing that I could really compare it to in terms of like, you know, watching my kids do karate. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can bring this gif up just real quick. Here it is because I want to see it again. Yeah, you know what? You know what? That whole complaint, man. They're just so far away from each other. Yeah. Uh, I I think yes. I think those are supposed to be blocks, but if the camera had been angled differently to make it look like they're closer together, I could see how it could be like she is blocking blows from the Merca. However, the Merca is going to electrocute you anyway. So even if you're blocking, yeah. you're going to hit. And she doesn't even get full extension on this kick, you know, and it's, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, Tell you. It's wild. Taylor, I'm about to send you the Conan gift. I found okay. it. I found okay. it. I'm going to send it to you. 
I'm watching because people have liked have liked the gift that I posted. It is, and granted, we do know that in the story notes we said we said this was shot from the wrong angle, um, <laughs> and who knows? Maybe it would have looked a little better from a different angle, but I don't know, man. I don't know. This is just. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. hey, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I, I can, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that with the gif you sent. It's, it's. Ridiculous. Is, we'll post that in the in the. That's, that's also yeah. one of my favorite gifts because Tracy that's Morgan's in nice. the background going like, "What? <laughs> no!" <laughs> like you guys are ridiculous people. Um, yep. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if anything, we had this scene. <laughs> There, yeah, yeah, which was great, and I mean, uh, Davidson doing the, uh, the, the stunt. swan dive, yeah, the stunt. yeah, holy moly. Um, I honestly, Taylor, I'm trying to think of what else I would really care to talk about besides the ending. Okay, well, let me let me take a quick yeah scan through my notes because I felt like I was like, oh, I want to bring. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Episode two, right? The doctor has done his little water ballet. Yes, he's he's come out through the uh, uh, whatever that chamber you hang out in to so you don't get the bends. Yeah, it has a name. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> but anyway, he's realized that, wow, a cricket uniform dripping wet is really heavy. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. You just imagine how heavy his outfit must be oh, when you're soaked to the bone. Oh. And so he basically knocks out a guard takes his uniform or his his like like hazmat suit looking thing and then proceeds oh. to say ah oh, what did you eat what did you eat and i'm like did we really just drop like a fart joke not only did we drop it once taylor we dropped it again later when t right. met and up with him yes thank you that that was going to be my next point i was like wow really really apparently so oh man <laughs> Yeah, woof, rough. Yes, yes, you are not wrong, sir. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm entertained by the fact that you know the doctor basically creates this giant ultraviolet uh, ray gun. Yes, I mean that was cool. I like that to defeat the Merca, um, and then is able to use it again against Nilsson. Yeah, I will also say that. I believe Tegan asks, is the Merca dead? And the doctor says, and I could be wrong, but he says practically. And then when the seat, like maybe just to be like, no, I didn't kill it. It's just, it's, it's just fine. And then the sea devils are like, oh man, they totally killed the Merca. The Merca is completely dead. <laughs> so I don't know if he was just trying to be like, no, Braveheart Tegan. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, to which to which I, I tweeted out the, the really bad joke of the TARDIS team sitting down to watch a movie. Uh-huh. What do you think we should watch, Doctor? Braveheart, Tegan. Braveheart. I, Freedom. I, I, yes. Braveheart. Every now and then I come up with a zinger, and that's that's my zinger. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I we talking about? I this? feel like there should I should have had more. Uh, notes for the last episode. Uh, obviously, they go for the hexachromite gas. Yes, 
kills reptiles dead. Oh, and me- uh, yeah, melts his and face. makes them really and makes them really goopy. Yeah, they turned to Gak. Nickelode- this is how Nickelodeon Gak is made. That is exactly right, and that was the thought I had when I watched it. Thank you, sir. You cannot do this on television. Nailed it. Uh, I don't know. You can, and they did. They no, should. no, no. I, but I said I don't oh, know. Oh, I don't know. That's, oh no. Awesome. That's right. There we go. That's right. Yeah, let's talk about this ending because. All right. So basically, our our two espionages, they are dead. And we have the Sea Devils and the Solarians to deal with. And they, they, unlike the last time the Doctor, you know, hung out with them, could not be dealt with, um, you know, just they couldn't talk it out, man. Yeah. And everyone's like, we should kill them. And the Doctor's like, no, we shouldn't kill them. And then I don't know if there's ever actually, you're right. We shouldn't kill them. I feel like everyone's like, well, we're not just go- we're not going to listen to you. Kind of. Um, and oh, my goodness. So they just uh, they, they turn on this gas in the main chamber where or I'm sorry, in the control room. Yeah, they're pushing it through the vents. Um, I believe the doctor at this point has to he has to go into the matrix, not the not the. uh that matrix or that matrix, a third matrix. <laughs> uh, and he has to like shut down the, the bombs or whatever, or the, the missiles. Yep. yep. And the while this, run. yeah, while this is happening, uh, sea devils and Silurians alike are just melting, uh, because <laughs> I believe he tells them to turn off the gas and no one does. And, uh, they, they end up administering oxygen to, some of the Solarians. Oh, yes. They try to save them. Yes. And then I think that's when one of them is like, I'm going to shoot them. Yes. And then that's when Turlo just... Uh... See, here's the thing about it. Like, yes, that Silurian tried to murder, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was still lying down. Honestly, you could have mm-hmm. kicked the gun out of his hand, and I mean, <laughs> what was he going to do at that point? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, basically, the death surrounds them. <laughs> um and literally. The, literally and the doctor um saves the day say, quote unquote saves the day or saves the planet mm-hmm. and we're all standing amongst the dead and someone says they're all dead you know and the doctor says there should have been another way credits yeah that's how we end this story holy moly right Woof. That is, that is, I mean, watch it, folks. I mean, if anything, I don't know that I'd necessarily recommend the story. I think I would unless, you, unless you're just like, okay, I just got to see how like bonkers this is. I Then, you know, just watch uh, episode three for the karate scene and, and then just skip to the very end of episode four. Yes. Um, but the look on Davison's face, I'm like, that is just a dark look for the fifth doctor. And that is just a dark ending overall. Yes. Like maybe wow. maybe that was actually not the doctor and that was just <laughs> Davidson saying should have been another way and then they cut him oh, off. <laughs> they cut it off and rolled credits and it was just like there should have been another way to ma- to salvage this story and that was the only take they could get. <laughs> maybe <laughs> there should have been another way. See this is why I'm leaving. 
Who knows? But holy moly, Taylor, this was this was something else. So we're we're both. I, I you already you said your piece about maybe recommending it. Yeah, I like I said, uh, unless you're either a completist or you're just looking for some of the craziest scenes we've talked about. Yeah, same. I don't that I'd say here. Watch all of this. Absolute same. Um, do you have any other f- last words before we uh, move on here? No. All right, let's do it. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time, it's time for the double scale. All right, let's um, let's go over what we have here. We have karate electrocution death. We have mm-hmm. do- we have doors that basically turn into marshmallows. Um, that was kind of entertaining. That was kind of entertaining. Uh, so a lot of electrocution deaths, a lot of busting through doors, but then busting through them and nothing really happens. Yeah, I know. I know. Turlo gets a couple of good hits in on a couple of guys. Yes, he also straight up murders executions styles. That's Silurian at the end. Yeah, we get um, we get a great tumble from Davison. Absolutely. What else is there? The oh the the ultra uh, violet ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we might get like an explosion or two, but I mean, I'm giving this. I'm giving this. Oof. I'm giving this a one and a half. Oof. Yeah. Even even with the karate scene, the the <sighs> much karate okay. scene. Okay, fine. Two and a half. Oh, it's as wow. high as I'm going, and the two and a half okay. is for. David for Davidson and for karate scene. All right. That's it. All right. That's fair. Are you agreeing That's with me? Fair. Two and a half. I, 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 yeah, I think I'm going to agree <laughs> with you. Um, cause, cause really I was like, eh, you know, that was a pretty, you know, those were pretty good scenes. And then I was kind of like, let's weigh it with everything else. And I'm like, mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen, if, if these sea devil people on the base fights actually had some sort of oomph to them yes and maybe if we had some more special effects in that area i'd bump it up but no, i completely agree with that but woof yeah these 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 battles you could have been like oh yeah we shot him at regular speed but we decided to make them all slow-mo and i'd be like oh that explains why they're so slow no they're they're really just that slow they're just that slow they're just that slow. All right. I might be hiding behind the couch for a different reason, but let's see if there's anything <laughs> behind there. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the coast. <laughs> All right. What do we got? I, look, I'll be honest. The story is undoubtedly a little violent at times. Yes. You know, there's a good bit of death. Only our TARDIS team makes it out. Um, but the absolute slow-moving floppy monster aspect of the story, um, plus the fact that the set is very brightly lit, kind of removes any scary elements. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I'm not looking at the Merca and going, oh my god, that's terrifying. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Yeah, I'm not looking at Nickelodeon Gak coming out of the ocular cavities of a sea devil and going, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to skip breakfast tomorrow. It's just not scary. It's kind of laughable. Yep. <laughs> that, now, that, that's not to say that if you've got really little, little ones, that they won't be scared by it. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but if you've got really little, little ones and you want to show them some Doctor Who, there's some way better ones than Warriors of the Deep. Good God, people, what are you thinking? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely agree. So, so take that for what you will. All right. And then we will, we will call it there. But, uh, Taylor, it's your, your pick next time. Yeah. And we had promised two episodes ago that we were going to do a big finish story. We did. Yeah. So we have decided to do, and I'm very excited about this because I, I, I have listened to it already and I'm excited to listen to it again. Um, mostly because I know one of your favorite characters is in it. And I'm like, I want to get this character on the show. We're going to do the Maltese penguin. Yes. So Colin Baker is the doctor. Robert Chezek is Frobisher and Toby Longworth is dog bolter. What a name. I know this is written by Robert Sherman, directed by Gary Russell. It's a big finished story. So, Hey, you know what? If you want to between now and two weeks from now, go pop over to big finish. If you haven't already bought this one, buy it. It might also be free. Sorry, Taylor. It might. No, you're, you're right. I haven't looked. So it could be, I know it was at one time. That's how I got it. I also checked Spotify users. It is not on Spotify. Ah, bummer. Good checking though. Thank you. Uh, I am very excited for our East Coast Penguin to be making a uh, a return. Hey, yes. Doctor. Yes. Love it. Very I'm excited. excited. For this. I'm excited for this. All right. So until then, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice. And you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. Uh, you can also head on over to SoundCloud.com slash VNOTLG to subscribe to us there. And just, you know, NOTLG.com for everything else. NOTLG.spreadshirt.com. Patreon.com slash NOTLG. If you would like to support us monetarily, you can go to Spreadshirt, buy a shirt or some sort of merchandise you just want to send us some monies, head on over to that Patreon. Uh, but most importantly, uh, retweet your favorite local shop, your favorite independent artist. Retweets are free, people. Mm-hmm. So we should be doing that, supporting those small businesses so they can stay alive and we can go hang out with them later when everything is you know, not on fire. <laughs> Whenever that may be. So, right. join us again in two weeks for the Maltese Penguin. And we'll talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Now, you're not wrong. This thing looked atrocious.